YouTube's only been about, what is it, 14 years? It's just absolutely blown up. All the stats are suggesting the kids are just glued to the screens. I think there's so much more infrastructure to come in that area. And when you look at TV talent agencies, you've got producers, you've got researchers, you've got runners, just none of that infrastructure is there for YouTube. And I just think it's going to be a huge opportunity in the future, really, even if I don't know exactly what it is just yet. Okay, welcome back to Goat Pods uh, with Zach and Jay from the Jack Zach and Jay Show. It's great to have you here. Thanks great to have you here. Us. One of the yeah, first influencers to come on the show since we've rebranded and redone it and started sh uh, shooting it with video. So we've Excellent had uh, Hobby Stewart, we had Harry Lee from the good old Snapchat days, um, all sorts of different people. But actually in the last, I don't know, eight weeks, really it's been business people and people in media, first influencers cool. back on the show. Nice. Thanks um, for having us. It's <laughs> It's been a pretty mental year. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's gone I'll, from I'll nothing to it's like absolutely crazy. Yeah. And viral has been the reason for it. But actual genuine viral videos, which is the secret source that every single brand wants to get involved in. Mm -hmm. And actually it's the science behind viral that is interesting to everybody. What's the moment that it all changed for you guys? Because you kind of set out to do this rather yeah. than some people just set out to yeah. have fun and then uh, <laughs> it happens but you guys actually scientifically kind of went about it do you want to say that yeah what moment was it I I'm not too sure to be honest so right our strategy Hello, this is Jay Rayner from Out to Lunch with Jay Rayner, a new series of which has just dropped. This is a Staycast from Acast. In the current crisis, please do follow the government's advice, which right now is to stay at home and save lives. And while you're staying at home, why not have a recommendation for another great podcast to listen to? Would you like eavesdropping on a bit of therapy? Well, try How Did We Get Here with the marvellous Claudia Winkleman and Professor Tanya Byron. It's available on the Acast app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Five, six months deep. Yeah, all oh, right. So in fact, I know exactly start what moment start, it was. Yeah. Yeah. So, so the exact, right. So, but what I was going to say, yeah, to, for context wise is, yeah. we went into this kind of already full-time, um, we, yeah, we, we were full-time a month before even setting up the channel. Zach was running his own personal channel and kind of had proved it was doable with just sneaking in stuff. Um, and I was running a different business. So when we got together, it was strictly kind of, let's grow this, let's make it a business, let's make enough money to sustain ourselves and make hopefully a shitload of money And you were friends before? Yeah, yeah. So we met at university six years ago. So the first year of uni, we were on the same course um, and kind of always vibed quite well together, didn't we? Um, but never really got involved with like different, with the same project. He was running Helpful Water Co, which is um, a bot what, sustainable, sustainable alternative, alternative to plastic, plastic bottles. bottles. Water. Yeah, Not as sexy as being a YouTuber. Nah. Yeah. Well, I mean, Jaden Smith's doing it now. Yeah, that's so. true. That's true. <laughs> that's true. I could have made it sexy. Yeah. Yeah. But he's probably more well known for his movies. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but his water ventures. Yeah. <laughs> and and yeah, I was running this company called Unique Insights, which was a predictive analytics to predict which students were going to drop out of uni and what support they needed. Also not sexy. Yeah. And, <laughs> and selling that, <laughs> selling that <laughs> enterprise software packages to senior leadership teams of universities, it was the un most un sexy thing you could possibly imagine we, we we were doing youtube for for business and we knew it was great um but like to, to have a great time along the way and we felt like we had a message that we wanted to uh, get across to people we kind of think it's the best time in the world to be alive despite what kind of the mainstream media would say we think as an individual you've never got more opportunity to create change for yourself or for others around you i think you guys are probably good examples of that where you three guys set up a massive agency 
I just think you don't really need permission anymore. You can connect with anyone, you can create your own opportunities and you can do really big things when previously it would have been a lot harder to do that. And that's kind of the message that we're trying to spread through our YouTube videos. We've, we, I think we need to do a little bit better with the day-to-day -day video, but essentially it's us messing around, having as much fun as we can, making money in ways that we would never have been able to make just 10 years ago. Yeah, and to answer the question, our strategy... <laughs> it's been lovely having you on. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> well, we got into the business <laughs> side, so I was like, right, well, we're already this far. Um, but yeah, so our strategy was to always post regular content that people absolutely love to build like a core audience and then have like viral friendly ideas that we were constantly be working on. So we were always working on like one friendly idea, one viral friendly idea. Yeah. Most of them don't work, but we do know like the hit, like some of them will work. And um, yeah, about six months in, we'd had... Uh, 50,000 subscribers. We were about 10 grand down each of our savings. We probably had about two or three months left, didn't we? I, I had a, I, I had one. Yeah, yeah, you didn't have that <laughs> much left. No plan. Yeah, um, one no plan. Um, yeah. And, and, and then one of the viral ideas, we, we kind of lost a bit of hope. So we thought a good few of them were going to go viral and they didn't. So we were like, oh, is it, is it going to, is it going to happen? And then luckily we did this thing where I saw it was um, London Fashion Week on Wednesday and it was on the Friday that we did it. We rang up our friend and said, right, London Fashion Week's coming up. Can we dress you up in absolute crap and persuade the paparazzis, the high-end fashion people that you are meant to be then you look amazing. And, and we really, like, we pushed the boat on this one. He had, like, Amazon packaging around his neck. He had his mum's rug on around his top. Zach accidentally spent the night in a cell once with the police and he got these free like police uh, pumps we put them on him so we had like the wackiest outfit imaginable and it went super viral i think it's on like 13 and a half million views it was on the front page of reddit for a good few days and it took our channel from like 50,000 to 200,000 subscribers in like three four days and yeah we got paid quite nicely from that and then quite nicely from a brand deal after that and that's like that was like the defining moment of like oh shit we've kind of done it like we, we're not on the ropes massively anymore um yeah so that was probably a defining moment but why <laughs> <laughs> sorry about that we'll be more direct to the answers no, it's fantastic <laughs> what sparked the the whole reason for creating viral videos because obviously lots of people create challenge videos they've gone down specific niches you've got beauty influencers you've got the sport guys but viral is always was always based on facebook that was where you saw the viral yeah. guys and then it did move to Instagram a bit. But we'd never really seen viral hits on YouTube yeah. on a sort of conveyor belt system. Yeah. Like yeah. sometimes someone might have a viral hit, but yeah. they haven't made their trade from being viral. Yeah. What's What was the thinking behind that? Or was it just because you were boring bastards and went, we're going to have to make ourselves interesting in some way? No, no, no I think the, the thinking behind it is that it's so hard to grow on YouTube now. It, well, that's what I found. Like the first thousand subscribers is dead hard and then like it gets a little easier as you grow. But I think just getting momentum now on, on YouTube is pretty difficult. Yeah. So in terms of like notching up a big chunk at one time, like that, that is why we kind of made it our strategy really. And plus like, Viral videos, they're viral for a reason because they're either mad or like, we like orchestrating like big ideas. So that's what kind of excites us. So I guess that's why we kind of like focus on them, I guess. And it was a strategy. That's something you actually went out, out yeah, of your way to yeah, do. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, like I, I said when I started my personal channel, I never, I never really saw myself like, because some people build up like a real, real kind of community over like four or five years. And I, I just wanted it like now. It was kind of that impatience I wanted in like, followers now i wanted to like go full time with it like as quick as possible and the, the way to do that was to I, i'd seen it happen in the past with like nightscape and stuff like that and i was like that's all i need like that is so close 
but it's just obviously so far. So like, that's how my personal channel came like about, and that's how I got like kind of the first bit of momentum on there. So yeah, that was always kind of the strategy to just impatient <laughs> through impatience, mm. I guess. But but I think as well, like one thing that we noticed about virality side of things. So Nightscape's another YouTuber who does a lot of yeah. rooftop in, and he and he snuck into West Ham Stadium and got like four hundred thousand subscribers my, overnight. On my flat building. Oh, was that? Was that? Yeah, he, the guy climbed everywhere. I wouldn't be surprised if he was on the roof of this place. Um, but yeah, so so he went super viral on that. But what one thing we found from analysing other YouTubers and and Zach's personal channel was kind of getting a bit dangerously close to this. Was just if you just hammer home one viral concept and keep going, people um, are expecting you to always up that. And if you do, and usually with a viral concept, it's quite risky. Any, I think anyone can go viral if they ran down the street in Oxford, uh, in Oxford Street with just no clothes on. Like that could go viral, but it's not really going to build it's an not audience. Sustainable and it's definitely not sustainable if you keep having to outdo yourself. So that's why we did the core content this weekly that people love and do the viral bangers to help us grow. But we don't kind of base ourselves just off the viral bangers because it's not sustainable. Um, but I think if, if we were to aim it or look at what does go viral, I think with the Fashion Week video, we were targeting, or not targeting, like we didn't do this like intentionally, but people kind of love to hate the high-end fashion world. They're usually mm -hmm. really pretty people. They're usually paid millions and got super nice houses and cars. And, and do they really do anything? I don't know. People would probably love to say no. And that's kind of what I think we exposed in that video and kind of was the message behind that video without us really meaning to. Because so many of the comments were just like, ha, 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 I knew this. I knew this would be the case. High-end fashion. They know nothing. It's spoofed. Yeah. yeah, they know nothing. So we, I think we really made people like, feel something that they already felt and brought that out of them and there was a real kind of emotional intensity behind that especially with like what max did who was he was dressed up as the model who wore all the crap he really showed a lot of balls just walking through like this super high-end fashion street i think it shows that confidence can get you a long way yeah right? and i think people buy people when the, when people see you super nervous doing something crazy they really kind of run the edge of the seats and i think that's what uh, zach got really well with like the sneaking in behind conor mcgregor and stuff it was like yep. they really felt that emotional intensity around being there in the moment and feeling that fear and I think yeah emotional intensity does really well for virality and I think um, yeah have some sort of message that people like to get behind does as well so the the time that the mainstream kind of got behind you was that and then the marketing world when you crashed the drum awards yeah 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 <laughs> yeah it's, it's good that because we spoke to a few agencies off the back of that it was a bit slow at first I think lots of people sat up and took notice and were impressed yeah and then were kind of like oh I see what they Really done, but still not quite sure what they could do with that. Yeah, but yeah definitely. at the same time, you always keep those things in the back of your mind. I think that's kind of the beauty of what, what yeah. you did, right? It's yeah. going in front of the right people yeah. who are always thinking about ideas. And a, a lot of people thought that we was actually legitimately meant to be there, and that was like a planned part of the <laughs> the evening. I think with a bit more planning, though, we could have like made that a lot a lot more crystallized, like what we we're actually trying to get across. Like yeah. we literally had two hours prep for that. Yeah, one, yeah that that's it, why I think it was so impressive. Yeah. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, because it was like I, I love. I think, like you said, the the jeopardy, the story behind how you actually put it together, the fact that you show that rather than just show this is what we did. Yeah, yeah. it's like this is the thinking behind it this is how we're going to pull it off this yeah. is the problems these are the hurdles we're going to have to get over yeah. but fuck it we're just going <laughs> to yeah. have to work it out yeah. <laughs> like uh, that is kind of the beauty of the the concept and the drama wars was just such a great example of that where you're like we need a suit and we're going to need to get through this are we going to get a ticket like yeah. are people going to check it like we've yeah. got no idea but we're just going to have to turn up and see <laughs> yeah, yeah and um that was a that was a fantastic eye-opener 
for the marketing world to be able to see you guys. Yeah, I, I think for us, like we, we went super viral online and we felt there were so many brand opportunities off the back of that video. So you kind of seen it with Alex from Glasto. Mm-hmm. He did uh, a verse on Glasto and he went super viral on Twitter and it was very publicly viral. It went vi- like Pierce Morgan interviewed him. Yep. But we went super viral online with uh, 13 and a half million views and, and we had like 77 million reads in China on, um, was it Weibo? Weibo, Wait, yeah. Yeah, yeah. We, yeah, so, uh, and, and it, we, everyone was talking about it and so many people saw it and no brands really got in touch with us off the back no one um boohoo man never got in touch with max fosh um and signed him as an agent and did his own line uh, primark never got in touch for wearing our gear and really showing how amazing it was like, i just felt there were so many opportunities for brands to get involved off the back of that virality but because it was just online they missed it when other aspects of virality is, is more public where the brands are looking at that they miss it so that's when we were like right how can we get in front of these decision makers who in charge of marketing and put ourselves on the map and that's when we yeah crashed the drum awards and uh, did that did that pitch last minute it was like it was, yeah. co- it was coming from an authentic place yeah like, it was coming from on, wait the fuck it was up. a genuine like, frustration <laughs> yeah yeah haven't you seen what we're doing yeah no come <laughs> we're on ourselves out here yeah <laughs> come on we'll do anything <laughs> in terms of your future brand and future opportunity that's an amazing event to crash and you've done the conor mcgregor stuff like what's the ideal event that you'd like to crash What's the best? We, we what makes a great event to yeah. crash? Like what? So, like celeb pit. Like I, I think the reason why people love those videos is again like the whole Jeopardy side. People like put themselves in your shoes, especially when it's like a first-hand account of like what's happening. But I, th- I think like as well, it's the unknown. It's like the kind of high-end little parts of the world that you never get to see. The inner circles. Uh, yeah, yeah. Like the inner circles that you just have no mm. kind of like. What what am I doing there? Like, I'm a fucking idiot. I think people like seeing that and like the the obviously the sarcastic kind of commentary and reflecting on that is like just shows how it's all kind of like bullshitty and everyone there's there just because they have to be and that kind of stuff. So we haven't really cracked Hollywood. Quite like the idea of going to some like bougie Hollywood events, yeah. whether that's some like big a, red carpet event. Yeah, either some big red carpet event or like some like Beverly Hills mansion party that would yeah, be like a behind the scenes secret party that happens all the time that would be cool yeah just like really peeling back the the underworld for the the super rich wealthy do you think it helps that you're super British it would in America yeah, yeah. yeah that's what I mean do you yeah. think that because because of that like it, the, the contradiction between those two things makes yeah. it even funnier and more viral it's like these guys shouldn't be here the thing is yeah if we got in front of Kylie Jenner Mm-hmm. Imagine, like, we have no, like, no right, these two yeah. people yeah. would never meet Kylie Jenner. No right almost. to be in front of that woman. No <laughs> right. I think you've got a restraining order against yeah, yeah. that one. <laughs> If she listens to this podcast, then, yeah, we, we've got a banning order already. Yeah. But, um, no, I, th- I think we've seen that with the wireless video. We, we were, like, so close to getting in front of Drake. And yeah. that whole kind of, like, world is, I mean, we've done big UK festivals. We've, like, kind of been in the same room as like some huge sporting names and all that stuff but no one had the level of security that like drake had like he had his own section in the back of like an already backstage area there's big names that couldn't even get in and then it was like me and him we had found the wristbands and somehow we were allowed in and even like the security guards were like uh like all right you got the bands but what the fuck are they doing here so i think like that kind of whole american British clash would be uh, quite beautiful to see. Let's um let's rewind it right the way back to kind of pre YouTube, pre uni, like or maybe it started at uni, but what was the first 
time that you thought making videos in general was something you're interested in editing and building the videos was it something that you were interested in as a kid or is it something that kind of was harvested for university for, for me 100 percent. like i i always made videos of like me and my mates fucking around on like bmx bikes and stuff like that again the whole like kind of didn't really know youtube was a, a viable career path like and i remember when i realized that i, I was like a proper og youtube boy yep. literally just sit there and watch videos for hours and then like i think I was a bit embarrassed with wanting to admit that like I wanted to do that as a job and it was like the OG YouTube lot who all kind of just blew up and then I realized fucking hell like they're they're making a living off this like that is their job that was towards the end of school I went into like sixth form again like my dad ran his own company so I wanted to do like something business orientated but again never really let the whole video kind of stuff go went into uni into like a business degree because again i just like wanted to know how to run my own company or whatever it was and i'd figure out what that thing was while at uni and then yeah kind of set up a company during uni and then got fucked over in the last year and half the money like stolen so um that kind of forced that sounds me like a great story it was oh yeah so um do you want to go into yeah, that? Yeah, definitely. Anybody <laughs> I mean, who gets fucked over, half their money gets stolen. <laughs> yeah. That's a fantastic story. I mean, so we, like, again, the Help Water Company, we were trying to, like, launch a sustainable alternative to this stuff, which is terrible for the environment, by the way, Harry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, look, as, as, uh, if only there was a company based out <laughs> well, of uh, a university that could help me. Yeah, um, so, I mean, that was the focus. We wanted to, like, sell to festivals and kind of companies with green initiatives. So we, we had no money and then we managed to get like, we won a grant from the university, which gave us like enough money to eventually like launch the company and like buy the first chunk of water. Um, and then it was literally probably- Is that how you buy water in chunks? Yeah, it was a big chunk. You know, <laughs> You've got to buy it in ice form. So you, <laughs> yeah. you, you melt it and then you have all the, yeah. Um, but uh, so it was probably like six months till graduation and that was like the intention like after uni I'm gonna like just double down on kind of making this a, a thing and um, yeah that was the point where the co-founder that I set it up with told me that the grant money which was in his account which was dodgy to start with didn't know why I didn't question it he had, he had basically like stolen half of it or used half of it to do whatever it was and at that point the business was no longer and I was like six months till graduation like oh fuck what do I do here? So I had a choice to make and that choice was to, uh, you know, step back and just figure out what I wanted to do after uni. Luckily, I had like that, my chunk of the money intact. So I had like a bit of time to kind of work that out after uni, which yeah. was good. The but, first um, nine months of this business, we ran exclusively through Nick's bank account. Really? Yeah. <laughs> Hundreds of thousands of pounds just going in and out. Bank. I can't believe we didn't get investigated for fraud. Like, yeah. going in and out because we just... We were genuinely too lazy to set up a bank account yeah. where all three of us had to be in the same place. Like, yeah. And I'll be offered to do that. <laughs> it sounds like you, you've always wanted that entrepreneurial spirit and do something for yourself. And this kind of rolls into that. Yeah. And what, what about yourself? So it's not so much videos that gets me excited. It's kind of the idea of being able to spread a message so clearly and so easily. That, that I get quite excited about. So he doesn't know how to edit videos. Yeah, I, I don't know how to edit videos, <laughs> and and I don't really, and I literally <laughs> don't watch any other YouTubers either. So, okay, but for me, it's, yeah, it's it's the opportunity to influence people in a positive way, and uh, yeah, like, like I said, like I think we're living in a time which is um, never really never happened before, where anyone can do. I wouldn't say anyone can do anything, but anyone can do more now than ever before they've got an opportunity to opportunity yeah that opportunity and i don't think pe many people know that i think they do think that we're living in quite a shit time um when i, I think the opposite and I, and, and uh, yeah i think we're gonna 
start gearing towards spreading that message directly or indirectly um, more clearly. You say you didn't don't watch YouTubers, but where does the inspiration come from then for, for these ideas? Is it something you see on the street? Is it something that someone says in a conversation where you're like, that should be really great? Or is it... Yeah. And also, also, where does it come from out of the two of you? Is it shared? Yeah. Is it one person normally comes out the ideas and one person develops it? How does it? How does the ideation start? Yeah, to, to be fair, I mean there is analysis done on other YouTubers. Um, so one thing that I did before I set up the channel was like go on load of different YouTube channels and use a little filter to see which video was most popular and to see if you could see what videos did well and what didn't. And and yes, theory's most famous video was um, exploring an abandoned city in America. And that was it, really. And it got 25 million views. And, and it's kind of that thing of we can't work out what goes viral, but maybe we could see what types of videos go viral, even if we don't know why. And so that's when we started. And so our second ever, we did an intro video introducing Zach and Jay. And then we did our first video, which was exploring the world's only bog snorkeling championships, world bog snorkeling championships. And that ended up getting half a million views. And we were a channel with like 10,000 subscribers from Zach's channel. It terrifies me how many people are searching that as a key term. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> well, well, that, well that's the thing. It, it, can't be, it can't have been a key term, so it must have been something else. And, and that, whether it was the curiosity, the watch time. Now we know I think we a, had a banging thumbnail. We had that. a good thumbnail, the watch time was there. And, and you, you can see all of these things now, but, um, but that was kind of one thing that we did uh, that was analyzing the YouTube space to see what other video ideas. And we're doing one, we're doing one soon, which are, which is like writing letters to a hundred mansions in London. So that 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 writing DMs to hundred yeah, celebrities yeah, is quite a done thing. But we're actually doing physical letters to massive mansions, like the richest people in London, basically, just to see who's behind the doors. And hopefully, we'll find some cool characters and get some cool stories. And that's physical letters. So there is kind of definitely inspiration taken from YouTube. But but now again, like to build on that, we. We're like solidifying now Monday as like a kind of ideation day where we, we come together, we discuss like everything that's kind of on the table. We're, we're a bit like lax with that before, but like actually having one one like a few hours every week just to kind of sit through thoughts we may have. And we always like, once we bounce things off each other, like that's when they, we kind of like develop the ideas into like a more crystallized concept. So, yeah. it, but again, like I watch shit loads of YouTube, so like I'm always- Yeah, you like kind of makes up for it, which is good. Yeah. Who do you like? Do you find yourself watching UK or US or a mix? A, a good mix. Uh, there's a guy in America called Danny Mullen, and he's so um, like brand unfriendly, but he's fucking hilarious. Like he he goes into to the like middle America, like the weirdest parts of America you'd never like visit, and um, he just causes like a ruckus. Like he always gets almost chased out of these towns, and like he just goes and explores. Like I mean, one of them that I watched last week, he went to um, a place where it was legal like prostitution was legal so he went to like a, a whorehouse i think the video was like visiting a whorehouse and that was it and um yeah he ended up sleeping with a prostitute but but like it's almost like a u.s version of louis Theroux, where he just well, goes into to these, an, extreme. To an yeah. extreme yeah where he just like literally no censorship he does what the fuck he wants um he's hilarious uh where'd you find the people now where like for instance him like where'd I, you i don't know where i found i, I think he went he, he he got recommended to me like on YouTube. It was like I crashed my high school reunion, and he just rocked up and acted like a dick and got kicked out again. <laughs> that um, is something I can see you guys doing. Yeah, <laughs> but I think this guy is like what well, he's made his brand on not giving a fuck whether people don't like him and seeing that that's good content. That if you don't care whether people like you, you can make good content and just doubling down on it. But yeah, he's living off Patreon at the minute. Um, uh, that's it. So that's an interesting one. Like, yeah, was there any part of you? Because obviously, Brian, so for people that don't know, 
a lot of YouTubers make their money on ad rev and then they make their money on brand deals as a major form of their income. Mm-hmm. And then maybe their third part of their income is merchandise or product of some court, some sort. But then there's this kind of fourth wall of income, which you can actually get people to mm-hmm. pay for you almost yeah. like a subscription basis. Yep. Was that ever part of your strategy or was that something you ever thought about or is something you're thinking yeah. about? You've looked at like Sam Harris and- Yeah, and so Jordan. I've looked at, uh, so yeah, we, we de- like everything is on the on the table with this one. And to be honest, like going into like seeing this YouTube stuff, it's kind of like, I have been questioning like, where do you make your money? And because ad money is very inconsistent mm-hmm. in terms of videos, but also like YouTube just seems to demonetize videos for no reason whatsoever. Like the Glastonbury Slip and Slide one, which is such a feel good uh, video of connecting with people and sliding down a hill on the best festival in the world. We're getting like 30 quid for that and it's got 150,000 views. Um, when other YouTubers that we know would be making like 500 quid from that, like it's not it's not crazy money, but the viral videos, again, we got, we got like, we just don't seem to make any money off it. So, so yeah, looking at alternatives is, is something that we're looking at. But I think with, with the Patreon side of things, a lot of the creators that I see that are doing it are kind of, not begging, but they're saying sign up for free and you're supporting us. And I think if we were to do it, we'd want to offer some sort of something something exclusive. But equally, when, when we're in the content game, more content is better. Anything that's of real value, do you really want to put that behind a paywall as opposed to grow your audience and get it out there for free? Yeah, that's, cool. we, that's the thing that we kind of, I think the ask needs to be right. The ask like needs to be what right. We're, what we're offering needs to be right. And at the time, we don't really like have the capacity to offer that. But, but at the same time, I, I, it's still definitely on the table. And I think uh, like if you look at Jordan Peterson and Sam Harris, like they've just they've they've changed the game in the like Jordan Peterson. I know has made so 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 much money just off Patreon, and he, he's not really. I don't know whether he's offering anything. Like if you actually look I, at, I do his, think he's a very different audience though. To yeah, I mean it is it is a different audience, but, but it just is an example of. A, a way to make huge amounts of money in a platform that didn't exist five years ago. So, is that, is that the goal for you guys? Is it making is it making the money? Because obviously you're set out to be I, I for this to be a business and for it to be a career. So, there's money is a driver for you. I, yeah, I wouldn't say. It's the, I mean, I think it's a good good show of how well we're doing. Um, but I think if we want to make as much money as possible, we'd we'd be a lot more brand friendly in the content and mm-hmm. stuff that we do. So yeah. I think it's like. It's it's doing doing stuff that matters to us, um, doing like executing on game changing ideas that we get excited about, and then kind of like how how to best package that up and yeah. And, and yeah, I think of course we both want to make make some money. Yeah, like, uh, is is money a driver for you, Harry? Not yeah. really. Not really. I think the key thing for me was getting to a point where I'm comfortable, yeah. and then everything else is about fun and legacy. Yeah. And I'm genuinely. Re- reputation for us is a big big thing yeah yeah how can we grow our industry reputation with the influencer space that was like number one then it's mm-hmm. the marketing space and then beyond that it's the kind of the world yeah. and how can we make a genuine impact on the world yeah. for us it's not necessarily ethically it's it's actually how can we change how advertising works yeah. in the whole planet yeah. because we think it's fundamentally flawed yeah so that comes back to the reputation and legacy right and that's really what yeah. i care about I think that's that's pretty similar to us, really. We're more we're more focused on making a big impact and uh, like changing the game and changing how YouTubers look at how they can operate and and yeah, just doing things like differently 
and, and I think if we want to make a huge impact with huge viral ideas and, and cool entrepreneurial endeavors that we do off our platform that no one's done before and create ways of monetization because we've got this unique way of working with a platform like Patreon because of this exclusive content that we've come up with, that will be rewarded with a lot of money, but it's not the driver, number one. Yeah. So it's like, like most entrepreneurs, really, Yeah, I suppose it? so. So, you're, yeah, you're very much seeing this as an entrepreneurship yeah. journey. Yeah. And, I mean, I've got two of the coins yeah. sat behind my desk. <laughs> yeah that you sent out for people who are basically in the 100k club yeah um which congratulations welcome to the club thanks man. <laughs> i just got two so yeah uh, all right <laughs> gold standard um, remember so and that was a that was an innovative way you know i, I kind of collect youtuber merch and youtuber books behind my desk because i think it's quite nice and quite nice time stamps for me mm-hmm. to see when people bring certain things out yeah um it's on the right hand side so I've got, like, drum award over there drum yeah. award yeah yeah social media agency the year mate <laughs> and then the youtube book which is written by Chris Doper Walker, which is all about actually the, um, the business behind YouTube. It's quite interesting. Yeah, I saw that. But then, good. yeah, like that is very different, your product. Yeah. And that's why I bought it, genuinely, because yeah. I'm like, well, I want to support the guys. But two, actually, I think that's a really different piece yeah. of merchandise and it yeah. feels quite special. Definitely. Cool. Um, that's good to hear. And yeah. it feels like you're part of the journey, which I suppose is yeah. the, was the whole point yeah. of it anyway. Yeah, I mean that. Came, so that's probably a good example of something that made us like. So we we actually ended up releasing like three hundred thousand subscribers, but we we had the idea at around thirty thousand subscribers, and we and it's because we had so many people. We had about thirty thousand people tuning every every week for our videos, and they all said, "Oh my god, you guys are gonna be massive! Oh my god, can't wait to prove that we were here from day we one." So we like here before one hundred K was like yeah. the most like yeah, yeah, yeah. thing. So we wanted to come up with something that could that they could show that they owned that, that represented that feeling of excitement of being there for this milestone. We ended up hitting it, and then going past miles because yeah like the social blade stats it was like 40,000 subscribers in one day and we got to 200,000 subscribers in like a few days so we actually missed it but the products were already ordered but yeah that was it was a cool thing that we felt like summed up a nice thing for our audience and made us more money than any other type of merch would do at that level so how um, many did you sell so we sold out of them. We sold out of them uh, all a thousand, and uh, yeah, they were. Uh, there was a minus good, a few defect ones. Yeah, minus a few defect that we didn't shelf. send out. Those are the ones that got sent to me. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Oh really? <laughs> no, <laughs> no, shit. Um, <laughs> yeah, we had we had we had strict quality control by me. Uh, <laughs> in the of, kitchen. Yeah, in the kitchen. Um, but yes, yeah, so we sold out of them. I think it was three weeks, wasn't it? Um, yeah, yeah. It, it wasn't like an instantaneous. But we, I was like, we, we went into ordering them. Like, if we can move a thousand like that'd be fucking impressive like i'd be buzzing with that anything over like 500 i was like proper over the moon with so um yeah they they did well so they have um if you so in the old days of youtube and when it was starting up youtube used to fund channels um i'm not sure if they still do they probably still do in some in some way especially when there's sort of brand back channels they might put some money in but i know cop and it got started off the back mm-hmm. of a, of a yeah. grant effectively from youtube right. if someone gave you a grant um, now for a million pounds yep. to say we're going to support you to grow your channel. I know Adobe do this in the States where they back creators right. and do their own thing, like pay them a salary of 50K mm-hmm. a year to basically just do what they want. Yeah. What would you do with a million pounds? Hire an editor full-time. So, <laughs> so maybe, you could just be a feet. Maybe a few. <laughs> yeah. um, and then spend the rest of it on a fucking great holiday. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah pretty much. No, um, for me, like... Would I you think, build a te- like that, that's kind of the question, really. Would yeah. you build a team, yeah, would you build a, yeah. or would you look to invest in the the product, which is the videos? I, I mean, I think building the team is investing in the in the product yeah. in the sense. Like we, 
I, th I think the biggest pinch point for us at the minute, like time-wise, is is the editing. And I like take two to three days every week, solid days where I can't really do anything else on just finishing the video, like for the week. So if I can, like, we want to get to the point where we're almost like replaceable in that instance, and we yeah. are like come up with the ideas and then like filming the ideas, yeah. essentially. Um, yeah, I think there's much like we're not spending as half as anywhere near enough time just thinking of the viral ideas, which is what is essential for putting us out there and growing the channel massively. Um, so having someone on production who could help uh, execute on that, right? So we've got this idea; it's doing um, like the rudest train stops in the UK, and it's like Cock Hill it's, it's and the Ass rudest Valley. journey like across the UK. Yeah, and there's like eight stops, twat. It ends like, in twat. There's ridiculous <laughs> names in the UK. We we couldn't believe it when we found it, but it takes three days to do, and so we want to embark on that journey. But the logistics around taking trains and buses and, and just getting to each stop is actually quite a nightmare. So having someone do that would just mean that we could execute on that idea next week as opposed to in a month's time with loads of other things. So that's that what I was thinking on. when you said I need a, we need a management or we're looking for that. Yeah. Like, don't you just need a PA? You need someone who can actually all look like operations. Someone yeah, who PA, can actually... PA would help, operations would help. We want someone who's got real good industry knowledge of kind of next steps, um, which I think management would be really helpful for. But a PA would be helpful as well. So would an editor. So that's about. you'd invest in a team around yeah. you to to kind of position you very much as the presenters, as the yeah. as the stars of the channel. Yeah, yeah. It's it's not so much position. We we'd pr probably be doing exactly the same thing in front of camera, but it would that would just be our role. It'd just be rock up on like so. Some of the stuff we're doing with TV at the moment is we don't have to book anything. They rock up. We've got a list of everything that we're doing, scenes that they want to get, um, emotions that they want to see in the scenes. You know, like if we did a big challenge, a food challenge, look really sick and stuff like that. And it's not, and it's stuff that we would do anyway, but they've got like a checklist. And it's like, if we could have that level of organization, that would be, that would just streamline everything and it would just move the boat a lot, lot quicker. Um, but I think that's, it's an interesting question because we, we, we're definitely running this as a business and we're looking to, create stuff underneath us whether it's a brand or whether it's businesses just like any other kind of startup would and, I, and that's another thing i think a lot of brands are asleep to uh, youtubers that are doing well just because they're not in their eyesight they're on they're in youtube.com um, and i think a lot of kind of business investors are as well and just yeah business investors are as well to be honest like youtube's only been about is it 14 years uh, maybe 15 and um, it's just absolutely blown up. All the stats are suggesting kids are just glued to the screens. And um, yeah, there's no real, I think there's so much more infrastructure to come in that area. And when you look at TV talent agencies, you've got producers, you've got researchers, you've got runners, just none of that infrastructure is there for YouTube. And I just think it's gonna be a huge, um, huge opportunity in the future really, even if I don't know exactly what it is just yet. I think you're right. I think infrastructure is gonna be a key thing for YouTube in order to create sustainability and also for it to be able to take it to the next level. And mm -hmm. I think really when YouTubers are at the top of their game, they're creating great video after great video, mm -hmm. and, it's, and, it's, and it yeah. just keeps on coming. Yeah, definitely. Um, and I think lots of them are stopped by the fact that it's very difficult to come up with a great video continually yeah. and yeah. be able to execute on it and yeah. be able to get it all organized yeah. and be able to get it out on time. Yeah. Because um, that, that's the thing with us. It's not the ideas that we're lacking on. It, we're really, we're really strong on the ideas. It's the execution side of things. And and again, with our strategy, the only difficulty is is we're posting a video every single week, which is half of that time, if not more, on just getting that video out. And they're not really like the viral ones. They're like the friendly ones. Like 150,000 views out of 325,000 subscribers isn't growing the channel massively, but it is, is enhancing our brand. People love it. It's kind of why we're there. But if we were just pumping out, instead of once every 12 weeks doing a viral video, we were doing it once every three weeks, and that would, that would make all the difference. And 
yeah, it's just that it's just our time and money resources which is restricting that really. I think yesterday we've done like a very good job in building out that team, and I don't know how many people they have on board now, but like I met them when they were like at two hundred thousand subscribers, like struggling. Kind of there was four of them at the time, and they had all these big plans, and now to see them like in the past probably year that's all come together now that every single week's just a banging video and i think that's like kind of a good place to, to set the bar yeah really. i think one one the only little question in my mind is why it's not an exciting investment opportunity is is that like what what's the exit strategy what like what can you sell um that's that's the only thing that i'm so not that's too kind sure. of what we we've always thought about in terms of how can we create more and more content so it's basically like a tv channel yeah so mm. it has so like T-Series on YouTube, the mm -hmm. one that's soared to the most subscribed, like yep. they're basically using it as a TV channel. Like they mm -hmm. upload like 12 videos a day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so you literally, if you want to watch that those types of videos, then you can watch a shitload of new mm -hmm. stuff every yeah. single day. If someone like yourselves could create or post three videos a day and not all of them needed to be you, mm -hmm. yeah. um, and you create a brand where that's the, the new channel for, and that has a huge amount of value, yeah. Because then you're just, you're just the host. You're yeah. the, you're the ITV too, um, and then you know you have your headline show, the mm -hmm. X Factors, yeah. your Love Island, things yeah. like that, which is you guys because yeah. people tune in, they come in, but also they're going to get introduced to all these different like sub acts. Yeah. yeah, that's quite an interesting model for us. How can you build channels that are actually like proper channels? Yeah, yeah. Have a huge amount of variety and different types of people tune into different types of content so why would you say that's of more value than kind of, let's say you signed 10 different creators and they were on different different channels with that you're at the mercy of different creators and also your your value is locked into those people not the necessarily the audience because you're at the mercy of that person wanting to do what you want to do right um and also you can't scale it up and down as well because you're just doing loads of talent deals rather than owning an the IP of one channel, like the fact that Channel Four is more valuable than necessarily the show yeah. that's on it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, it's it's a it's a weird one. It's a long way away. Mm -hmm. People actually to do that because there needs to be a coming together of a few creators that go fuck it. We're just going to create one channel. We're going to have our own channels as well, but for the meantime, we're going to create a collaboration channel with four or five of us, and we're going to create like we're going to pump videos. Yeah, yeah, I mean, so I think Kyra TV tried That's that, a good example. didn't they? Where yeah. they, uh, where Kyra TV, like this media agency, they've got like 55 staff and are just running off like one or two YouTube channels. It's, I still don't know how they do it. But they're charging. So that's the other thing is TV channels. Um, I think I heard it on your vlog with the EA Sports um, guy was saying that the money that they're putting into TV isn't really getting the bang for the buck, but the influencer is. And if you look at the, the ad spend on TV for the watch time and even the eyeballs, it's just times 10 what what youtubes are getting for the same engagement and watch time um so um what, what was the point there uh, <laughs> so spend money with us <laughs> <laughs> what was the point there? anyway yeah that's just it's gone it's gone but yeah i mean kyra tv tried that didn't they where they had loads of different uh channels on under one you uh one youtube Vice platform it, right yeah yeah they did as well yeah they're another uh, example it's, it's something that has been tried before i just think that hasn't quite been executed. I mean, I yet. think for them, the, the viewers kind of wanted to be on one. I don't know whether it's just this is the YouTube way, but the viewers wanted kind of one thing from one channel. I don't know. Yeah, I've yeah, not really that's, looked in. That's, that's true. And I think that's why it's got to change. Like, yeah, yeah. Um, if the science behind going viral or, or being successful on YouTube is really interesting, 
but you only get one hit, one upload, one yep. thumbnail, one title, yeah. one description, one set of tags. What's the what's the one feature you change or add to YouTube to help the science of <laughs> going viral easier? Because I talked to a few of the top top YouTubers in the UK, and they were saying um, they're having conversations with YouTube about potentially having an A-B test thumbnail system coming out. Oh, amazing. Wow, God, that'd be amazing. Yeah, that'd be incredible. So you could upload three thumbnails and then it would tell you which one performs best and it yeah. would only serve the best yeah, one. Like titles yeah. as well, that'd be great. Yeah, so they're gonna, apparently well they're bringing that out for thumbnails in the next 12 months. Really? Yeah. Right, is there anyone that you know at YouTube that we could have a chat with? <laughs> what would you want to talk to them about? Just anything. Because we, we, like, so I feel like YouTube's got such like a block wall between creators and we don't know what goes viral what doesn't go viral um, how they pick watch time yeah trending pages uh just just anything really and it's just like having an open door something would be useful so. yeah yeah no for sure yes for sure <laughs> yeah we we've we've dealt with them in a few different guises we've dealt with them as a as like a partner on another project we've dealt with them with talent because we look after nico rosberg so all of his youtube channel we run right. so in terms of talent they're pretty open to us but they're they're quite a closed book. I think you're yeah. right. But and they're also not going to tell you that much. Yeah. Like nothing that you don't know already. Yeah. Yeah. And also you've got to understand that people working YouTube aren't necessarily smarter than the guys killing it on YouTube. Yeah. yeah. Just because they're part of the just because they're employed yeah. by the company doesn't mean they it's know true. more about the fucking algorithm or how the <laughs> thumbnails yeah. work or what's best. Yeah. At the very have, least, we can tell them to stop demonetizing our videos before they're even live. Yeah, yeah look, and, and <laughs> it shouldn't be demonetized as well. <laughs> then they manually say it's fine after well, it's been up for two days and we've got all the views. Well, that's about having a good connection with someone and going, yeah. this is what's happening. And I think that just comes with with time. But you, there's definitely value in having someone in one of these companies. Mm -hmm. It's just I wouldn't go in with an expectation yeah. that they're going to know more than you yeah. because, yeah. trust me, they're just going to, they're going to spout best practices yeah. and that best yeah. practice oh, is going so to not necessarily yeah. going to be actually what is best practice yeah. for getting viewership. Mm -hmm. um, what's the, what's the future? You're talking about exit there. Like it, it, it's been a quick rise to YouTube fame and now it's about growth, growth, yeah. growth, growth. And to a point where let's say you're a million subscribers or two million subscribers and then you're earning good money each. You have a small team around you to limit what, the hard work is the editing, the organization, all that stuff. What what does Exit look like? Because you're kind of in a horrible way with what um, we would never have as a, a proper classic traditional business would have. Yeah, you're not tied in because it's not your name. Yeah. yeah. Um, what's the exit like? How does how does it ever end for you without it just ending? I think it'd be like very dependent on how. If I'm not enjoying something, then I'll like switch off from it completely, and I will just like drop the ball and just I I, I don't know. It depends where where my head's at really. Like personally, like we both agreed when, when we started the channel, if we weren't enjoying it, like we just fuck it off, pretty much. And that's probably not the smartest thing to do. But um, I guess like what what excites us is is building and and like creating something that's quite exciting. And I think like we can create a life for ourselves at the minute, like where we're having fun week on week on week and. Um, I, I, I haven't really thought too deeply into it. Yeah. Have we really? I feel it's like fun. yeah. I feel like we we. So how I see the stages of YouTube is, let's make enough money to survive. Now we've done that, right? Let's ramp it up and get as many viral videos as possible and really grow to a million, two million subscribers. And that's where we're at now. 
And then the next stage after that is right now, we've got this 1 million, 2 million subscribers. What opportunities can we really do to create a business around it or um, or just do build, loads build of other different things? Have you got like... Build off platform. Why don't you look into, for the meantime, whilst you're waiting for management or being able to have someone on the team, why don't you get a virtual PA, someone out of the Philippines or someone like that who can just organize everything? Cost you nothing. That'd probably be the best way for you to, in the interim, actually get stuff booked and yeah. sorted yeah. and... Done. Yeah, to be honest, we've actually we've we've got someone a producer now who does it. So okay, uh, yeah, she takes percentage of the ad money that we work with or brand money okay, if it's a brand is. So yeah, that, that's that's worked quite well. And she lives around the corner, and we, yeah, she she's quite good at it. Um, but yeah, and then and then and then from so, so I don't really see YouTube as the business to be honest. I see it as a as a vehicle to a platform that we want, and then the business yeah. is going to come somewhere within that. And uh, but yeah, that, that, we're enjoying it. I don't think we necessarily need an exit, do we? We don't need a. What other parts of the YouTube business are you interested in? Like live events, okay. quite, don't know what what. Yeah, I don't even think the big money makers. It'll just be a laugh. Won't MMA we? fight between me and him. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, like that's obviously with the whole boxing thing. It's like been thrust into the limelight a bit, and Logan Paul's got his challenger games like in the next few days and stuff. I think like it's what about the Will and Stevens? Will and Stevens. Yeah, we went to see that. That was that was really really interesting. I had no idea really what it was going to be, yeah. and and it was it was sick. Um, really well put together. So it's, I, yeah, I again don't know exactly what that would look like, but I like the idea of like jumping off platform and yeah. seeing people in real life and kind of maybe becoming a rapper or something like that. Yeah, that literally that, that's not a joke. <laughs> we actually might become rappers, and if we did, we'd kill it as well. <laughs> Just so you know. Um, but yeah, no, that that's what really excites me to be honest is like what can be done at this one million, two million level when we've got a load of money and we've got a load of teams and just ideas can happen we've just got so many of them so who, yeah who knows how do you how do you keep yourself grounded because i'm you know i'm not in the situation where i've got 150,000 people watching what i do every every time i upload that's a pretty awesome feeling i imagine on an ego level not that it means you're ego driven or, yeah. or anything but it's a nice feeling like how do you keep yourself grounded to my girlfriend reminds me that i'm not shit <laughs> yeah, nice. no, I don't, I don't know. I, we barely get out, do we? Yeah, I mean, someone walked That's past. Me. I was walking. I was walking here, and someone, someone like you, you see him because they're like a young guy usually, and he clock eyes, and 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 he went Zach and Jay Show, <laughs> and I was just like, yes, yes. So I like that one. But I, I saw someone else at a skeptic gig, and he was like, oh, are you Jamie? And I was in front of my mates from back home, and I, I, don't, I was a bit embarrassed to be honest. I felt a bit awkward and stuff. So it, it's not like. It, it, it definitely don't feel like an ego builder in terms of we're better than you or like don't feel like celebrity uh, it don't just feel feels like celebrity. Like so I, I like the fact because like normally the most awkward part of like meeting new people and all that stuff that like is kind of if they know what you do or they they watch the videos that's kind of gone and it's like straight into just like everyone seems a bit bit more warm to you to start with but yeah yeah so that's keeping point. grounded yeah shout out simone for reminding me i ain't shit when she gets home from work um yeah. I, yeah, I just, I, I think I like, mean him know each other so well. Like none of us are kind of doing it for self-validation reasons in any yeah. way. So we're almost not getting any validated by anyone saying Zach and Jay show. Like it's just kind of cool, I suppose. Although if you do see us, we do. That like is that. what you want. <laughs> That's what we want. Yeah, no weird photos, no like I don't know anything else. But Zach and Jay show. But, but intro in, would be in great. general, like, in terms of that whole like kind of celeb, we, I've I've very rarely been asked for photos. Like every person that I've met has just been more of like, a, it's a conversation rather yeah, than anything. Good. And I don't know whether that says something about the subscribers or just 
where I've been at the time, whether that's like on the tube or whatever. Who do you think your um, subscriber persona is? Who, if you were to describe them with their hobbies and how old they are, where they live, what they do, who is it? Because like that's a classic advertising thing, right? Yeah. You just yeah. want to know who yeah. who these people is. And we've who got are they? loads of clients who have their own personas and they're called names. They've got a certain mm. amount of kids. They eat certain yeah, food. Yeah, like, yeah. What's your top? What is the Zach and Jay target market? D- Jack, Jack twenty one <laughs> might be at uni or he might he might have fucked it off in the first year. But he drinks Carling. He, d- <laughs> he drinks Stella. <laughs> okay. um, have a tin? Uh, no. Have a bottle? He, he, no, he always makes sure he, he brings around a pint glass with him. And he, no, oh, I th- no. That's, that's, I've never seen that before. <laughs> Who's this kid? No, I like to think it's it's like young, hungry kind of people like us who, who might want to, who might see the world in a different way or like might feel a little bit stuck and they kind of like watch our videos and to, as a bit of like escapism or, or kind of just a, I don't. I don't know. Yeah, 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 agree, though, yeah. It's, it's, it's majority male. We know that much. Yeah, <laughs> barely. We're not very female attractive. So 20, 20 to twenty-three year old male, potentially student 18, or 18 just eighteen to twenty-three. Yeah, eighteen to twenty-three year old student male. or just left. Yeah, and I think they're looking out into the world and kind of especially into the internet for like what to do and. The, the, yeah, what to do really whether it's Terrifying in real life looking at you <laughs> but it's, it's not so much career wise uh, but it's like what yeah what they want how they want to live life and stuff and, inspiration and, and we're having fun we're having fun yeah but I mean we get a lot of messages I get a lot of messages don't know about you um, it, it <laughs> I don't know what they are Say, saying I'm um, saying like kind of they just want to want to go for a pint with us and, and stuff yeah, like that and like their, their group of friends might not be um I don't know whether they're from like a small town or whatever. They might not be like kind of wanting to go do mad shit all the time. And yeah, like one of the top-rated comments on the Glastonbury was, "God, I just wish I was friends with Zach and Jay." And the other one was, "Oh my God, can't believe I missed this while I was at Glastonbury." And I think that kind of shit, like people just kind of want to be along for the and, ride. Really. Yeah, along for the ride. Why don't you set up? Um, why don't you hire a pub for a night and just allow everyone to? Funny just you have say that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, so the 500k subscriber special. We're on 325 now. Um, the fire with the fire cave, we're, we're looking to a live event somewhere okay. in, in London. It'll be a laugh, a big fat, maybe even a little tour. I don't know, we've not really thought about it, but we were going to do it for 300k, but we just went again, we went past you it were, too quick. Yeah, you were. Big growth problems, eh? But yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and in terms of a YouTube journey, and uh, this kind of last question, like, uh, actually, I've got two questions. One, what do you want to be remembered for in terms of what you're trying to achieve on YouTube and the business side of things? Because I think that's it's quite different compared to lots of other people I talk to, and I'm pretty privileged to be able to talk to lots of people in YouTube world that very good friends of all the Sidemen guys um, got quite close recently with the the true Geordie and Lawrence yeah. and, and you know loads of the UK YouTubers mm-hmm. and then obviously do deals across the world with Casey and I started the other week like understanding the business side of things from the get-go is quite rare so what do you want to be remembered for is it the content or is it the business that you built is it me, the content and the business yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think the business like about. when I started the personal channel like the only way that I could quantify like what I was doing or why I was do- like at, at university we actually did a whole project on like legacy and kind of like what do you want to be remembered for like every everything you do is like adding up to this picture that people see of you and, mm-hmm. and it kind of like asked started asking myself like the deathbed question like if, if I was like dying like would I what would I want to be remembered for like what kind of shit would I want to achieved and and like I came up with a tagline like creating stories to tell the grandkids so like mm-hmm. I pitch myself as like a, an 85 year old bloke and 
instead of like a kid on the knee showing them the dusty old photo book which the photos are shit in um you just whack up youtube and you like take a little look into the past so i, I like that idea um of uh yeah having that as like the legacy and just like that almost being like not a blueprint but just like you fucking go and do something now i've, I've had my fun and then just kid like dying dying happy <laughs> nice <laughs> beautiful man thanks mate it's poetic uh, now for me it's not about building a big business but it's about how you, how we build it and journey. how we go about it yeah the journey um so yeah i'm not yeah other than that how we do it in an impactful way in a hopefully inspiring way um and hopefully successful way as, a, as well so we so it's inspiring for other people to do business in that way i uh, i like that idea and how do you guys relax how do you guys actually like clock off and and you know you, you spend so long yeah. in front of a computer editing and doing and those sort of things like i feel that. like i've got a clearer one which is jujitsu like i go like two or three times a week i've not been going actually for a while but jujitsu i just absolutely love and it starts at seven turn my phone off before i don't turn it on again and just get absolutely lost in it and leave get sweaty dripping with sweat uh yeah uh, had a load of other men on me and been on a load of other men <laughs> on his chest. Yeah, that's the best bit and no, it's not really but it's just like, I, I started and that video is coming out saturday night <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah 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 um but yeah i started like two years ago when i was running my old business and it was like not looking good and it was just always so such good escape so yeah that's that's one for me which is just really good me uh I don't know. Like, we had this discussion yeah. every week. Like, I'm trying I, to get I, him to get a hobby. Yeah, I, like, <laughs> yeah, I did photos. I'm like, mate, Instagram don't count. I find it yeah, hard to. Um, yeah, <laughs> I find it hard to switch off. Um, just because editing takes so long, so my head's always like in that kind of space yeah. until it's done. And then I don't know. My my girlfriend's quite good in like dragging me out and like just making me do stuff, whether it's like weekends away and stuff. But like, I, I used to do motocross uh, compete. Um, like around England, pretty much every. Ago, but yeah, but that's what I <laughs> used to 12. do, and, and like now I, I don't do shit. But I was just saying that to show that I'm not a low life. Um, but yeah, no, I, I do need a hobby. It's not healthy. We'll but I, I, I do, I do sit in the sauna every now and then and just fucking. That's not older, in my house. That's not a hobby. <laughs> Fifty minutes. <laughs> that you unwind. The original question. Yeah, was. yeah, okay, true. Um, so yeah, yeah. That's, that, that's good. But yeah, I, I like journaling and stuff. That's how I feel like I let my thoughts go at the end of the day. Like I journal at the start of every day and then at the end. And that helps me kind of like get everything out of my head. Um, but apart from that, pretty so much good. fuck all, Harry. <laughs> <laughs> what, do you do? what do you do, Harry? You're a, you're a uh, busy man. I like, I love playing golf because right. it's another one of those sort of turn your phone off and you just chill. You're just away. You're in, I, I just spend very little time outside. Um, so spending four hours solidly outside is actually really good for me. <laughs> um, and I love driving. Another, another thing where you can't really use your phone and, you're kind of in your own. You can't. You can't. He's got to hide it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and you, you're in your own space. No one else is there. I'd far rather drive four hours than take a train for two. Yeah. Um, because it's just chilled. Like you can go at your own pace. Yeah. You can stop if you want to. Yeah. You can get out and get food. You can go on a detour. You can explore somewhere. You can go dr- fast. You can go slow. Like. Drift in, yeah, exactly. What you're driving, um, yeah, dangerous driving, young man. <laughs> you can listen to your music and you don't have to worry about how loud it is. Like, yeah. all these little things, I don't know, you're just, you're just making it your own. When I yeah. quite, I've always wanted to be in charge of my own, shit. yeah. So, driving is like a microcosm of that where you can literally make your own decisions. And if yeah. you're the driver, literally, your rules go, yeah. And I quite like that, see. Um, 
I've always liked road tripping around with mates and going and doing things and being mm. the facilitator for the other people to be able to have fun. Yeah. Um, so how often would you say you do those things? Because this this might um, make me look I'm less fun than you think. Yeah, that's a good question. <laughs> yeah, because I do stuff every now and then. Uh, in terms golf, of you were at golf the other day, so that yeah, I played Instagram. a lot of golf. How, how often? We in talking? the summer, I played a lot of golf. Yeah. Probably once a week. Um, but driving, my girlfriend lives an hour and a half away, right. so once a week, twice a week, gotta go get home. Um, and uh, and I always elect to drive before going anywhere. Yeah, I always drive. So if we do a night out in Manchester, then we won't get the train. We'll drive up or. No, it's just a bit more fun, isn't it? Yeah, yeah it is. Um, so yeah, I try and I try and do those things, but I tell the story quite a lot. But it was two years ago, and I realised I hadn't had any fresh air for a week. <laughs> I literally got out of my flat, straight into a taxi, into here, home via a taxi, home, and I, I, I timed how many minutes I had over the course of a five-day working week. I had four minutes of fresh air. <laughs> Fuck, oh, my life is it's it's shriveling. Yeah, up. my life is awful. <laughs> and I felt awful having to go to bed at like 9 p.m. because you had splitting headaches. All yeah. I was doing was inhaling like air-conditioned air. Yeah. What, so I, I, I literally changed my life and I went, got PT every every morning at like 6.30 really? to go outside and rather than get to a gym, I was getting more air-conditioning. I'd run around, around the park. Olympic Park, yeah. yeah. That's cool. so we, we were talking about this earlier, actually. Like when we first started the channel, obviously had no no spare money. We pretty much like budgeted every month and, and like we were in this not very nice gaff in in acton and and like Tough. there was a there was a day where like i didn't harsh um, on acton it wasn't acton it was the motorway no, it, was the, yeah, <laughs> it was the six-way motorway that we lived on do you um, live together as well yeah yeah it's quite intense but like there yeah, was there was a, but you there can was just throw like, stuff into him until he uh, yeah. gets it right yeah. <laughs> there was like a four-day period where again like i didn't i straight up didn't leave the house it was like because a we didn't really have the money to go and like do much but like it was, it was all just like on video. video Again, video, I was video, like, video. Zach, come on, mate, you need to go outside. He was like, No, I'm fine, man, I'm fine. And just, just like, okay, <laughs> he never, he doesn't listen. Yeah. yeah. Um, one thing I'm gonna ask you, Harry, whether it's on the podcast or not, is yeah. what advice would you give to us um, who are potentially looking to work with brands, whether it's what brands we should be looking for or how we should be approaching brands? Yeah, I think, or... I think you know, something that we looked at between the two of us is like, how can you guys be proactive in, in what you're trying to achieve? Yeah. So you're talking to a lot of different agencies. How can you do what brands do? And that's send, get one brief and send it out to all their agencies and then yeah. people pitch for it. So if you reverse that and go, you're the creators, you've got a fucking great idea. You've got loads of agency contacts, ping the idea to someone, someone will fucking sell it for you. Yeah. It's the reverse engine. No one's doing that at all. No one is now. It's cool. such a great way. You don't need to do it. The deck doesn't need to look great. It just needs to be super. I, I think I talked to you about yeah. it, right? Just super easy. Like, this is the concept. This is what we're trying to do. This is what you're going to get from it. And these are the sort of brands I'm after. So easy. Like, the, the Alex from Grasso example that we did, well, I kind of did that for him. But it was, what's the concept? He's, or what's the reason you're doing it? He's the guy everyone's talking about yeah. now. Yeah. Like, it's an unbelievably missed yeah. miss opportunity if you don't do this. What sort of brands... Anything to do with sound, voice, music, yep. um, culture. Those are the those are the brands that are interested. And what what do you want to do? Literally, literally anything, because he's the guy. Yeah. And then the first call I wanted to make was to a challenger brand, um, earphone challenger brand, because right. it made a lot of sense. Yeah. And then the thing that after discussion with lots of people, I think Aaron po pointed that Amazon Alexa would be good. 
I kind of questioned why. And then I kind of realized that actually everything that was being talked about was to do with voice and yeah. sound. It was his voice that was making the impact, which is perfect for Alexa. And then we obviously got the Amazon Alexa deal literally that afternoon. And he came, that was on the Monday he followed me and I saw it that, and he came in on the Wednesday, we shot it and we, sh- and we released it on the Wednesday night. And it got one and a half million organic views. So is that is that like a process that you would do? Do you do that often, or is it just when there's these crazy opportunities that you spot? Crazy like, opportunities, it, they they're the best way to do it. Um, but it's because no one else is no no one your side is pitching to us. Yeah. Going, we've got these ideas. What do you want to do? I have a good relationship with a few of the big YouTubers in the UK who sporadically tell me what they want to do. Yeah. But if they formatted that and sent it to me and went, this is this is the situation. Make the use of the fact that I pay nine people around the world yeah. just for sales to yep. talk to brands. Yeah. And if you times that by 15 agencies that you could ping it to as mates or connections, yep. you've got you've got fuckload of people. Yeah. You've got 135 people selling your brand mm-hmm. for free. Yeah. That's, That's brilliant. <laughs> I pay man. those fuckers, yeah. <laughs> but you can get them for we free. We don't. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, so, use them. so how you can pay. how can you reverse the whole in, environment you're living in, which is a brand environment, which agencies will always sit in the middle of? Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, that's that's the game, yeah. and no one else is playing the game. So that'd be my advice. And I've told it to a few of you, they've just not done it. Yeah. But yeah. you guys are coming up. You see, you've got the ideas. Yeah. The, and the thing that's stopping you is facilitation. The budget whatever like yeah we're the key to that yeah the agencies like us are the key yeah. the brand is the key they are facilitators in what you're trying to achieve be it organizational because we do all that yeah the uh the money that come from the brand and actually maybe even fine-tuning some of the ideas to make it bigger and better and cooler yeah. that's also going to come from agency and brand or just discussions across all three yeah so if we How did a little pre- pitch now on here, do you reckon there'd be people listening who would maybe move an idea forward? Yeah, potentially. Right, so we've got this idea, ladies and gentlemen, which is the world's first tuk-tuk talk show where we'd pick people up in Soho and we'd have a great conversation with them. It could be based around a brand or it could just be comedy, laughs, or just general chit-chat and we'll drop them off. It's going to connect people. Uh, it's going to have laughs. It's going to be very positive. And I think it's a great way to get a brand involved. You can integrate it on the tuk-tuk that we have very seamlessly. And uh, yeah, opportunity for some forward-thinking Who's perfect, people. Bro? What sort of brands are perfect? What, what, what would you say? How long is it? Um, How long would the ride be? Like? So the ride would be long enough to get some good content, so 10, 15 minutes. And we could have a good little chit-chat along the way, and it would be the highlights of each bit. Evening? How old, could how do, old are you two? You're 24. Like, so the al- the alcohol yeah. guys are out the window. That's what I think. As soon as you go into evening, it's going to be a load of drunk people. Isn't but, it? but they wouldn't have to have alcohol on them. So yeah. No. Uh, okay. I'll have a thing. So three do a lot of stuff around connecting with people and having a yeah, laugh. I, I thinking, think connectivity, mo- mobile, phone. mobile, um, O2, Voxy. anything where you're connecting with people, anything that you're breaking down barriers, things like that. I think could be good for that idea. Well, look, any more of those ideas, and we're happy to facilitate okay, it. Okay, brilliant. Guys, it's been, a, it's been a pleasure. Cheers, mate. Uh, Thanks for having for, us. For coming on. I really, really appreciate it. Yeah, cheers, man. Thanks really for having interesting. us. The, the science and the business side of things is genuinely really, really fascinating. And I think that um, you guys are going to go a long way if you think about it like that, rather than just fans of content, 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 because sometimes people get lost in that. Yeah. And actually, it's about building the bigger picture and strategy and understanding that other people around you can make a big impact in the content even though you guys are the stars of it 
Um, I bloody hope you're right. <laughs> yeah, hope you're right so, yeah, thank you very much. Uh, that's been the Goat Pod, and we'll see you again soon.